Let's invite our speaker for this morning. Father in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for this beautiful day. And we ask that as you speak to us, Father, we would, our hearts would be torn open to receive the kind of love you want us given to us, pour into us. So we pray for that, for that to happen here. Because some people really need to hear it. Some people really need to hear your voice. Some people really need to hear from you. It's been a while. Some people need to know what next to do. Some people need answers for their relationships or their conflicts at home or at work. So when we come to you, we come with hands open, hearts open, eyes open. We need, we need you. We need, we need some wisdom. We need some answers. We need some strength. We recognize we can't do it on our own. So Lord, as you look into the hearts of each, here, each one here, let everybody go home with something today that they could, uh, they could use, that they could live off this coming week. Thank you for these precious people. Thank you for those who have made it here, made the sacrifice, made the effort to be here. I pray that they would feel the benefit of it as they go back. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, let's begin. Let's begin. Did you know, did you know that God is interested in every aspect of your day? Did you know that God is interested in every aspect? Of, it matters to him. It matters that your day goes well. It matters that you are on top of things. It matters to God. You are not the only one to whom your day matters. It really matters to God. How your day starts, how your day goes, and how your day ends. It really matters to Him. He created the day He created you, and He created you for Him, and He wants you to have a good day. You know how those, those phrases we use, I'm having a really bad day. I'm having a really bad day. Or, or you use phrases like, um, the day is not going the way I planned it. We, we use phrases like that basically because we, do, we are not silly. We understand that we don't have any control over there. We understand that. We know that it's essentially our response to what the day throws at us that helps the day go better or worse. So if the day throws something at me and I tackle it, I've had a good day. If the day throws something at me and I'm not able to tackle it and it gets beyond me, I'm overwhelmed, I've had a bad day. So it's not the day, it's my response to the day. And what I need to, to have a good day is to have a better response. And to have a better response, I need more strength, more wisdom, more solutions. To have solutions, wisdom and strength, I need God to speak into my life. I need reserves reserves right in, in the hard drive. I need to be able to pull it out from there when I need it. So I need the word of God to have a good day. Did you make the connection? I need the word of God in me to actually have a good day because it's the response that matters. My son doesn't live with us anymore. He's 20 years old and he, he's at college. And he's very far, far away. But thanks to WhatsApp and, uh, and I, I message and whatnot, thanks to technology today, we're constantly in touch, like constantly in touch. <laughs> and I really care about 
how his day is going. I really want to know that he got up okay, that his day is going well, and that his day ended well. I am really interested. So he can call me at any time, text me at any time. I can be up at three in the morning. I'd be willing to sit up and find out how he's doing. I'm interested to know the details of how he's doing. He, him and I, we have a relationship. And then his mother and I, that's a whole different story. That I'm not even going to get into that. But we have it. So we're constantly in touch. And if he needs something, he tells me. If he's down, he tells me. If he gets hurt, Dad, I went to the gym and then this happened and then that happened. I got hurt and that also, he'll tell me. If he's excited about something, he'll tell me. If he's angry about something, Dad, I just can't believe, just can't believe it. He'll tell me about that as well. If he needs money, he'll definitely tell me. <laughs> if he's excited about something, if he's one wants to share something, he'll, he'll tell. I, I am super interested in what is going through in his heart and mind. And I, I will stay up late, if he says, you know, give me half an hour, I'll give you a call. I'll stay up. I'll stay up an hour. And if I, me, look at me, if I can do that, if I can be so interested in my son's day, how much more God, who loves you, gave you the day, this is the, Lord, this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad, who gave you the day to live in and is intimately involved and loves you so much that he paid to get you back. How much more is he interested in our day? The problem is when we don't understand, don't believe it. I've got to believe the fact that God is intimately interested in my day. We separate the spiritual from the natural. We separate it. We make church and God and everything about Sunday or about the service or about worship or prayer and we keep that in one little bubble and compartment of our life and then we go back to living in the body and can continue continuing our little life in the way we want and we keep those two separate whereas God wants to be part of everything so that your day will go well he wants to feel the same thing you're feeling he wants to know what you're going through and he wants to hear you say it he wants to say he said, if I can be so interested in my son's day, how much more would God be? You've got to believe that he deeply cares about your present day. He secured your future. He has wiped out your past. How can he not be involved in your present? Would you agree with me? How would he not be so vested in your, thoroughly vested in your present when he has Wiped out your past, forgotten about it, don't want to talk about it. And he secured your future. You're going to be with me, you're going to be with me, you're going to be with me. What about the present? Of course he's invested in, it, in the present. So, we're in a series called Every Word. And we're going to look at how God's word guides our day, guides our conversations, guides our words, decisions, feelings, relationship. And the word of God has been given to us to guide us through our day. God wants us to listen to him. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. God wants us to listen to his word. God wants us to follow his lead. God wants us to feel his presence. God wants us to sense his prompting. Did you pick that up? Follow his lead. Feel his presence. And sense his prompting. He's there. He's with you. But God is spirit. 
And anyone who worships, connects with God, must connect with him in spirit. If you're looking for a physical feeling of God's presence, forget it. Forget it, that's not going to happen. And unfortunately, many believers are doing that. They're looking for that, so they don't feel God, or they're disillusioned by him. So that's what, it, it's, it's called being sensitive to the spirit of God. It's called being aware of God's presence in our life. So God will lead you, God will guide you, but he will use his word. This guidance thing is so important to God. This issue of leading you by the hand, taking you further, wherever you want to go, uh, caring for your everyday needs, it's so important to God that God has even warned us not to go down the wrong track in terms of guidance. Let's begin with a negative verse and then we'll take it positive from there. Negative verse is in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 31. Look at what he says in terms of guidance. Give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about horoscopes. He's talking about signs, star signs. And all of those other kinds of weird ways that the world and people and generally they find ways of figuring out the future, assuring themselves of the future, trying to understand what's going to come about. He says, don't go down that track. Horoscopes and signs and star signs and, you know, Sagittarius and don't know what all they go on. Oh, you're like that. You must marry that one and that one. You marry whoever you want. She's not going to like you in, in the end. <laughs> Who are you kidding? So, so, so the, God is pretty serious about this. He wants that guidance every day, all the day. He wants you to feel like, like someone's watching in a good way. That someone's, someone's got your back. Someone's around you. So we're talking about that. So he says here, give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits, small s. Do not seek after them. Don't go looking for them. Don't trust in them. Because I, the Lord, am your... Instead, instead, what should I do? Here's what you should do. It says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him in his hand. We even got a song after the, uh, written on those words. But listen to me. This, this, this picture, this, these metaphors of steps, path, light... Ways, make your path straight. Very familiar phrases. And this is the wording that God uses because he's intensely interested in every step of your way. That sounds like a father to me. That's not a father to me. Now I can't be bothered when he's walking about. But when he was little, do you remember when he was little? Every step he took, especially when we're crossing the road, especially when danger was around, especially when there was, you know, you're constantly watching and you, you are interested in every step that they take. And you don't want them to fall. But even if he falls, yeah, I gotcha. Even if he falls, he's not going to stop him from falling. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights. He delights in taking him those steps away. Taking him in that direction. He delights in it. Though he fall, which he will. Though he fall, he shall not utterly stay there. He's not going to stay down there. But the Lord will uphold him. By the strength of his hand. You let the kid fall every now and then. You're like, oh, how does that feel? You want to do that again? Okay, are you ready to get up now? Okay, then pick him up again. The father, that you got to get God into that, 
into that framework of thinking because he loves you so much. He loves you so much. Look at the next verse. Let me continue to explore the heart of God. He says, look at Proverbs chapter 16 verse 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Let me clarify a few things right here. Okay, The heart of man, let's take the word heart and understand the word heart. It doesn't have anything to do with emotions. It doesn't have anything to do with sentimentality or romance. When we use the word heart, or the Bible uses the word heart, we are directly connecting it to the will. I want, I will, I want, I will not, I want, I don't want, I will. Does that make sense? So whenever you think will or want, that's the heart. That's the seat of, the. you know, you have a little throne, small in your heart. You have a little throne where you sit, where you're the king of all you survey, (laughs) of your life, which doesn't extend more than one foot in any direction. But there you are. You're the king of your life. And you're sitting there, ruling your life. And the only subject you have is you. So that's your little throne. That's your heart. And then the other word he uses is understanding. Let's go into this. The heart of a man plans his way. So the will of man or the, the, the desire of man or the, you know, the volition of man, he makes a plan. I want to do this. Father, I want to do this. God, I want to do this. I want to go here. I want to marry this person. Oh, I, wanna, I want to accomplish this. The heart of a man plans his way. Then what does God do? But, but the Lord establishes, solidifies, strengthens, establishes his steps. You get that? Now the general tendency of the way we have been taught to think, I repeat, the way we've been taught to think is this. This is my will. This is God's will. (laughs) Isn't that right? This is my will. And if this is my will, God's will is this. It's always going to be the opposite. God doesn't want what I want, and apparently I don't want what God wants. That is not true. Look at the verse again. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his... What's he saying here? He's saying, my son decides what he wants to be. My son decides where he wants to study. My son decides where he wants to go, and I organize the rest. I'm a father. I love my son. I do the rest. I make it happen for him. I establish his steps. I make the way possible. He sits with me and he tells me, Dad, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to become. Okay, let's make it happen. He can't make it happen. This is not his world. I have preceded him 30 years. I make it happen. I know how things work. And I establish his steps. Don't look at God as constantly an enemy or or the opposition to your plans. We are not playing God as an opposition. You do not want to try that. God is with you. God is for you. And he stands there saying, what do you want to do? What would you like to do? I'm going to make it happen for you. Now you're saying, Pastor Jerry, are you saying that any and everything God will allow in your life? No, he will not allow certain things that go against his purposes or against his rules. That's true. But that's assuming that you are in a relationship with him and what you want glorifies him. 
It, 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 it delights him. He delights in his way. Go back to the previous verse. He delights in his way. So when God is delighting in something that you want, doing, going, etc., etc., why would he not establish your steps? But this word steps I find very, very intriguing because he makes my, my footing strong. I take the step. I take the step, but he establishes the step. He makes the ground under me strong. So as I walk, he strengthens the ground under me. And that, my friends, is a faith walk. That's a faith walk. As you take steps forward and you're trusting that God will make it happen. Psalm 119 verse 105. You know this verse. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He doesn't talk about just a light unto my path. He says every step of the way, every step of the way, God shines his light on that. He says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Why thy word? Because blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, he meditates day and night. For he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water, bearing fruit in its its season. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff that are blown away with the wind. But the blessed man is the man who is blessed because he walks and delights and sits in the counsel of the word. So the word is a light. Are there other lights? Yes, there are. There's your other friend there from work. He had some gyan to give you about that. Okay. Then there's internet. There's always internet. There's always Instagram telling you two ways to lose weight. Okay? Hasn't worked so far. Right? There's always other... You get my point? There's always other lights. But your word is a lamp. So it's a choice you make. It's a decision you make. And God's word, as he says, take this next step. You take it. He establishes the ground under it. He says, take this next step. You take it. He establishes the ground under it. Are you getting this? Yeah, it's like sci-fi movie. It's like special effects. Because that's how God works. And that's the direction he takes us in. What a beautiful thing. How does God want me to lead through my day? How does God want to lead me through my day? Two things, his purposes and and your needs. Say it with me. His purposes and my needs. His purposes, my needs. These two God will hold as priority. He will never go against his purposes... And he has promised to meet your needs. You're not listening. He, has, he will not go against his purposes. And he's promised to meet my needs. Got it. Good. I think you're writing something very wise you found. But please go ahead. Got it? All right. Good. How does God want to lead me through my day? I'm going to give you something beautiful that I have lived off in my, most of my life since I gave my life to Jesus in, at the age of 11. And when at 17, I gave my life to serving him. God has taught me something that I have lived off and it has worked for me. I want to share that with you. God wants us to live for his purposes. So he's going to lead our day based on fulfilling his purposes. Now his purpose is not his plan for your day. You can make a plan, but you need to meet his general purposes. What is God's purpose for you? God's purpose for you is that you should enjoy him. God's purpose for you is that you see his goodness. God's purpose for you is that others enjoy you. That God uh, can bless others through you. God's purpose for you is that you should, be, uh, you should be nourished completely through the day. That you should be a victor. That you should not be a, a victim to the, to the circumstances or to the onslaught of the wicked one around you. 
Yes, you're going through a difficult day. Yes, people are difficult. Yes, the auto guy is not cooperating. Yes, the Uber guy is canceling out on you. Those are realities, but you don't have to lose your peace. Look at the scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, 16, and 17. And let the peace of Christ rule your heart. To which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ. Then he says in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you little bit. Little bit? Little bit? Richly. Okay? Go back, go back to the top. And let the peace of Christ rule your heart and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let's break that down. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart. The word rule means to govern. To judge, to arbitrate. Is everybody with me? A little bit of thinking, early Sunday morning, I understand. But to arbitrate. So you got peace, that's the judge. Is it of God? Is it not of God? Is it good for me? Is it not good for me? Is it meeting God's purposes? Is it not meeting God's purposes? Should I do this? Should I not do this? Have I done the, the right thing? Have I not done the right thing? Should I go back and fix it? Should I not go back and fix it? Should I let God handle it or should I handle it? Should I take that guy's teeth out or should... I take that guy's teeth out. <laughs> so the guiding principle is not the law. The law is, and then you, uh, you're looking up, what is the law for this? What do I do in this case? What do I do in that case? I've been reading through Exodus. They had 613 different laws for every single thing. You know, if the bull bores you, you do this to the bull. If you bore the bull, the bull will do this to you. And he goes back and forth. It does not, that's not the case. with the listen, listen to me. The thing that makes, maintains the equilibrium of a believer as he walks through his day and he figures out, is this of God, not of God? It's not rules and regulations, but we call to a relationship. We call to a relationship, not regulations. Life would be very frustrating if we had to live by rules and regulations. God calls us to a relationship. So the, the driving principle is peace. The driving principle is peace. I walk in life, I walk through my day, I wake up in the morning, I make decisions, I go, I am guided by peace. What does that mean? When something happens or I do something or make a decision and then the peace of God leaves me, <laughs> rewind, U-turn, 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 come back, start again. And then God restores the peace. So when we repent or when we come back to him or when we fix things, the peace of God comes back to me. That peace is that bowl of precious character I carry with me. I'm just holding that. And if it leaves me, I know something is wrong. And if it comes back to me, I know I'm on the right track. So it's not a straight and narrow, if you go off the line, whack! That may be your God, it's not my God. It's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not like the world gives. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let your will be dismayed. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. And don't let anybody rob that peace. Okay? So whether it's people, whether it's myself, whether it's situations, I use the peace principle. 
I use the peace principle. And the peace principle guides me in ensuring that I'm fulfilling the purposes of God in my life. When I fulfill a purpose, I, the peace remains. When I don't fulfill a purpose, the peace leaves me. So I work with peace and I get addicted to that peace and I want that peace. Warning. When sins taste... When the taste of sin, when the hunger for sin, when a desire for sin becomes so overbearing, over, over, overwhelming, and I, I, I really want to do that wrong in my life, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a priority, whether it is a, it's a habit, whatever, I, want, I, will, I will risk, I will gamble, I will trade off the peace of God for that sin. Thinking I'll finish with it, I'll get much out of it, I get as much as I can out of it, and then I will return to what is right, and God can give me back his peace. I'll live without that peace for a while. Very quickly, moving from spiritual to carnal, very quickly, we become accustomed to not living with God's peace. So that's a quick warning. You see what I'm saying? Very quick warning. If you learn to live without God's peace, you will then begin, you will, go, you will not go from sin back to God, you will go from sin to sin. And sin again, and sin again. And it will never be enough because God's peace won't restore, be restored until there is complete repentance. So God wants his purposes in your day, in your life. And his purposes are the overwhelming goodness of God over you. I'm going to say that again so it sits on your heart. God's purpose for you is the overwhelming goodness of God on your heart. It's not a plan. Do this. Do this. Don't do this. Don't. It's not like that. I don't know which God has been taught to you, but he's not like that. He's a God, he's a father who wants to constantly make you aware of his goodness. So his purposes come from his word, the actions and the witness of a person to bring glory to the Lord Jesus. One, what, what God wants from your life and from my life is that throughout the day, no matter if you're going through a difficult time or you're seeing a, a situation you are, you're finding it hard to handle or you're in a victorious situation no matter what you give glory to God you need to become a student of what it means to give glory to God you don't just give credit you don't just give credit don't say oh praise the Lord praise the Lord or that you say I accomplished all of this or by the grace of God by, by the grace of God it's very easy to tag on a little sentence at the end to make it sound like yeah, all, yeah, great, great, fantastic. By the grace of God, it, it happened. No, 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 no. Giving glory to God is a different concept. It's the, it's the concept that no matter what I did and accomplished and won and, and, and I achieved, I could never have pushed that, made that happen, had God not enabled me. All glory to be his, to his name. Okay? So the achievement and accolades go to you you are the accolade that goes to God. Did you get that? You make an achievement, but you are God's achievement. Did you get that? We're not asking you to give your achievements to God. We're asking you when you win, when you receive, when you get glory, when you achieve something great, you give yourself to God. So that at no point in time you begin to think, Manakia. It, uh, this, this is mine, I did. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Keep going. You see what I'm saying? It's very, very easy, especially for a man, especially a middle-aged man. And after you pass the age of 40, you become more and more a little king in your small, very small kingdom. 
and you want to establish your throne and authority and rule, respect and fear and all of that in your entire kingdom of three to four people. God wants in everything we do. Look at what the scripture says. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31. So whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So the overriding purpose is that, Lord, I'm living, I'm doing business. I'm doing this, this I'm in going into athletics or I'm going into advertising or I'm, go, I'm going to do this and I'm going to glorify you through this. I'm going to make you famous through this. I'm going to give you the, the glory through this. Okay, so God is committed to your success in order that you may bring him the glory. He wants that. You know, the most favorable people, the most, the, the most successful people are, are people, men who have loved God, God loved. Look at Abraham, richest man in the east. Look at Job. Look at David. Look at Solomon. These guys were wealthy. They were wealthy. And each one got better than the next. But they gave glory to God. Their heart was for God. God is, in, uh, is committed to that. He's saying, this morning listen to me. God is saying to you that if you want your life to be significant, meaningful and fulfilled. If you want your life to have significance, meaning and fulfillment. This is what you need to do. Let's look at it. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 1 to 6. My son, my son, do not forget my underlined teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments. That's the opposite of forget. Son, do not forget, but instead keep. Do not forget, instead keep. Because it's, it's a song, right? It's Proverbs and song. it's always got couplets, it's got rhyming. The way you have it. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments let your what keep my commandment aha remember what we talked about heart yeah so it's not about oh i love god's commandments it's so nice my heart that is my will is going to go by god's will my will is going to be god so i have decided that god will decide <laughs> did you get that i have decided that in my life God will decide. Why do I do that? Because I believe this text. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let God, let, the, let my heart, let your heart keep my commandment. For length of days, years of life, and peace will add to you. What will be added to you? Length of days, years of life, and peace. Oh, you want that. You don't want years without peace. You, want length, you don't want length of days without peace. God forbid. So you want length of days. You want years of life. But you want it with peace. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet again of your heart. Brothers, especially you men, your will. Your will matters to God. Your will matters to God. You know, I'm not going to talk about women at this point because they're far more submissive, far more able to, you know, love God, submit to God. But we guys, we wrestle all the way. We wrestle all the way. It's a tug of war for the throne of my life. I repeat, it's a tug of war for the throne of my life. And the older we get, the harder it gets. So he says very clearly, he says, let, let, not, let not steadfast love and fulfillment forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Let your heart come to peace with the fact that God, God will will. Or God's will supersedes my will. So, you will find favor. Look at that verse. You will find favor and good 
success. If you do this, if you put God first, if you allow yourself to let his will anchor your life and, and, be, and drive your life, you will see success and what else? Find favor. So God's favor will cover you. You go into a business deal, God's favor will cover you. You go into a relationship, God's favor will cover you. You go down a particular path that's un, unknown, uncharted, new adventure, God's favor will cover you. You don't want to walk away from under that beautiful umbrella of the favor of God. Abraham had the favor of God. David had the favor of God. These young kings like Josiah and others had the favor of God. As you understand the power of that, and look at where it is. You see the favor and the goodness of God, read it with me, in the sight of God and man. In the sight of God and man. God wants to show you off. God wants you to succeed in public, in your career, in your jobs. God wants to show everybody that this is how a life is favored when they honor me. This is how a life is favored when they honor me. God wants to show that. Give God a chance. Give, let, let, let his favor rest on you. Let people get jealous. That was, the, that was the theme in the Old Testament. That the nations would be jealous that you are our God. That's what God wants. That's what God wants for you. So he says you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And finally, this is what you need to do. Verse 5 and verse 6. You know this verse? Trust in the Lord with all your... Ah, Interesting. Interesting. Hang on. Back up. Back up. Rewind. Rewind. So my heart is what? I will. I want. Okay? Think with me. I know you know this verse. So whenever you know a verse, what happens? We switch off. Right? Trust in the Lord with all my heart. And my heart is the seat of my volition. It's, my, it's not my emotions. It's my will. This is what I want. Now, me, middle-aged man, settled in life, pretty, you know, I've reached a certain point in my life. After this, at this point, no one's going to be telling me what to do. You know, 10 years ago, maybe, but today. So for me, my will, what I want, needs to trust what he wants. I, as an established man, a man who thinks that he's got it all together, must trust that my will is not as great for me as his will. And the other sentence he says is, and do not lean on your own understanding. So my will is not as good for me as his will. And my understanding is nowhere as high as his understanding. Your ways are higher than mine. Your understanding higher than who can search your ways. I need to at my will, at the seat of my, you know that Abraham Lincoln Wallace seat, that, you know, that. sitting there, I must say, Lord, I may, be, I may think I'm in control. I may think I know what I want. But I think what you want is better for me. You trust God at that level. At the throne level. At the ruling of your life level. At the trusting the future of your life level. People are depending on you. Your decisions affect your children. Affect your children's children. Everything you say and do affects your career. Affects your colleagues. Affects everybody. So Lord, 
I think you know better than me. What is your decision? In any given situation where you don't have a decision, I'll make a decision. Where you do have a decision, then I'm going to submit to your decision. This is preempted. This is already done in the very basement of your soul, in your heart. He says, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? With all of your heart. Lean not on your understanding. Then again, circle all. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path crooked. Okay? Break it down for me. Okay, break it down for me. This is what happens internally. This is what happens externally. In my heart, what do I do? I trust him completely. Right? And in my heart, in my mind, I trust him completely. Trust and understanding. Trust in my heart, trust in my understanding. You got that? Are you with me? Okay. This is what happens inside. On the outside, I acknowledge. I acknowledge. I speak it out. It's harder for older men. It's harder for middle-aged men. It's harder for successful men. It's harder for richer men to stand out there and put themselves aside and give God the glory and say, I'm here because of God. I'm here because of his grace. I'm here because he has allowed me. I'm here on mission for him. This is his plan for my life. I'm a man under mandate. I'm a man under commission. And God Almighty commands my destiny. It's easier to go your own way and to, to command your own destiny. But God wants to do that. So in all your ways, how many ways? All your ways, acknowledge him. Okay? So for you, open your mouth and say, God is my God. That's why David, King David, he... I mean, he's the best professional I know. He's the richest man I know. He's the smartest chap I know. Uh, on the wives thing, I don't. I wouldn't go with. I, he and his son just, you know, he went with thousand. He that, that fellow went with three thousand. I don't think they knew what they were doing. Other than that, he's a sharp guy, and he kept on saying, "God, you are my Lord. Lord, you are my Lord." Without the Lord, let the Israel say, "Glory be to God." Are you getting my my constantly wherever you are? Are you saying you be this religious fanatic that wherever you are keeps saying, God, 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 No, no, no. But let the world see that you're a man under authority. You're a man under a mission. You're a man under commission. That the hand of a great, great authority is on your shoulders. And a deep peace is in your heart. And you are anchored and solid and you cannot be bought. Men, are you listening to me? You cannot be bought because the peace of God rests in your heart because your heart has trusted him. And then what happens is externally, outside, when you acknowledge him, what will he do? What will he do? Yeah, I know. This is not exams. Come on, say it. He will make your path. Say, whose path? Your path. He will make your path straight. So now you're giving him the glory. You're letting his will pertain. You're, uh, you know, you, uh, rest on your life. You've acknowledged him before others. And he's going, to ensure, he's going to ensure his favor in your life. He's going to ensure that you succeed. He's going to ensure that everybody knows this guy trusted me. This guy trusted me. This goes for everyone. Brothers, sisters, everybody. God wants to guide us in his purposes and he wants to guide us in our needs because we have needs. And he calls on you every day.
to every day talk to him, speak to him. So let's look at one more passage of scripture and I'll let you go. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. I love this scripture. It is so beautiful. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand what's going on in our life, to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So he's been through the grind just like we have and he's come out clean. Verse 16, let us then with confidence, with an assurance like a child running to their father, draw near to the throne of grace, okay? That we may receive two things, receive mercy and receive and find grace. When? In our time of need. That we may receive mercy and grace. Mercy is what I need for my sin. Grace is what I need for my sainthood. You got this? Did you get this? Mercy is what I need for my sin because I'm constantly going to be sinning. So I need his mercy. I need his mercy. And I need grace, which means empowerment, which means enabling. I need enabling to live his purposes, to live for him, to do his will and to uh, acknowledge him publicly. I need his grace. So whenever in all times of need, God wants you to take him to office with you, to take him to the to the metro with you, to, to walk and talk with him and to constantly be in a relationship with him. God wants to lead you, but he's going to do it in the context of a relationship. This is what he wants. Let me close with this. Look at me. This is what he wants. This is what he wants. He wants the relationship. He wants the conversation. He didn't spend the blood of Jesus Christ for you to just look good. Or for you to do what's right, quote unquote. He spent the blood of Christ to get you back to himself. Okay, I hope you're listening to me. Because it's going to lead to something. So if you give him what he wants. And what does he want? You. He wants this. He wants the connecting. He wants the texting. He wants the constant. He wants you to trust his goodness over your life. If you give him what he wants. He's going to give you what you want. It works like that. Because what he wants is not that you be a good boy. And don't, don't shame him and don't dishonor him. What he wants is that you are in his lap enjoying his presence. And when you give him that, he does this. He gives you what he wants. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and grace for when? For when? In our time of need. So throughout the day, every day, let's look at four things you can do in order to maintain an equilibrium of peace. Make sure that you feel the peace of God. Four things, write it down. Number one, seek him early in the morning. The way you start your day is the way it's going to go. The way you start your day is the way it's going to go. Seek him early in the morning. First thing in the morning, hear from him. Sit quietly in his presence and say, Lord, I want to know what you're thinking. If you don't know his will, how are you going to apply it, right? If you don't know his purposes, how are you going to apply it, right? So seek him early in the morning. Number two, set his purpose for the day. Set his purpose for the day. Lord, what do you want me to do today? What do you, how do you want me to use this day? Set his purpose. All this information you'll get from your quiet time, from your Bible reading. God will lead you and guide you and reveal his will to you. Number three, sense his presence and prompting. Become aware of his presence and prompting. And remember that God is spirit. So those who connect with him, those who worship him, should worship in spirit and in truth. So if you're looking for a physical experience or you want to live in the physical realm alone, you will become disconnected from God. God is not a mystery. 
God is not mystical. He is spiritual. So when your spirit is alive, listen to me carefully. When your spirit is alive, your spirit will automatically hunger for his presence. Automatically connect to his presence. So all you've got to do is figure out how to keep your spirit alive and sensitive. Alive and sensitive. Alive and well. How do you do that? What gives life to the spirit? The word of God. So the more you allow the word of God to fill you, the more you fill yourself, start the day with filling, your spirit is going to triumph through the day and your body is going to follow like a vehicle. Your spirit is going to lead you through the day. Your spirit is going to make decisions. Your spirit is going to pray to God and constantly get download uh, instruction. Your spirit is going to be tackle, going to be able to tackle conflict, cynicism, criticism. You come back home, your husband or your wife has to say the worst thing as you walk into the house. Or you walk into the office and your boss is already in a bad mood. Or you walk into the, you're, you're on the street or something has to go wrong. Someone has to cut you off. You have to have a jam just the longest time. That's life. But if you were in the physical realm, you'd be like, Arr! but if you're in the spiritual realm, you'd be like, chill, everything's under control. Everything. It's not about being cool as a cucumber. It's not about just being a calm person. Oh, that's my personality. I'm so calm. No, dude, you're clueless. That's why you're so calm. <laughs> Calmness comes from knowing that you could see over the wall. I'm going to repeat. I hope you get the analogy. Calmness comes from knowing you can see over the wall. So when you're five foot tall and the wall is seven feet tall, but you've got God perspective and you can see over the wall, you're like, chill, everything's fine. That's where it comes from. So God wants that for you. He wants you to sense his presence, that he's with you. And only the spirit will sense the spirit of God's presence. The spirit will sense the, his, uh, 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 his prompting. Go, go talk to that chaiwala, the chaiwala on the road. Just go talk to him. Go, go kick up a conversation with him. Or this other person sitting on the metro with you. Just, just kick up. Can you see? Can you see? Can you read them? Can you see how they're not, they're, something is wrong? Something is wrong. Should I talk? Should I not talk? 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 I think I should talk. Oh, they don't look like that. Should I talk? Should I not talk? No, no, yeah, no, yeah. What do I have nothing to say? What, what am I going to do? No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, forget it. And all along for the next three days, you knew you should have talked to them. Somebody say amen. Yeah, you've made, you've, you've been there, right? You've been there. We are gutless because we don't believe. And God is saying, when you start the conversation, you show that empathy, you make the connection. God wants to use you and help that person through you. But I don't have anything. Yes, you don't. Congratulations for figuring that out. You don't. As soon as you make yourself available, God gives the words and God gives the wisdom. God gives the insight to be able to be what that person... Otherwise, he wouldn't put you there. He would have sent angel Gabriel. He would have sent an army of angels. He put you there. He obviously thinks and wants to use you. So don't decide in that moment that you don't have it. I can tell something's wrong. Tell me. Sometimes you, remember sometimes you think of a person, the face just comes to mind. Call that person. Call that person. Or sometimes you, this person has been on my heart. Call that person. One day, <laughs> I followed my, my, that prompting recently. I called up one guy. He says, I, said, uh, I said, you've been on my heart. Really? Okay. I don't know why. He's like, I also don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't work out. 
Okay, but but for the most part, you follow through, and he's like, "Wow, God is thinking much bigger than you. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. God has got better steps for you. Your steps are better than my steps. If you can trust that he's got a better way, even in the office, should I go talk to my boss? Should I not go to him? Peace of God. Is, what, do I, what, what, what do God want me to do? Engage God in things that you don't think he's interested in, and you'll, you'll be amazed how interested he actually is. And he will make you a success at your workplace. He'll make you a success at home, and he'll give you peace, give you joy. Learn to sense his presence and his prompting. And lastly, speak to him through the day. Speak to him through the day. God loves texting. You know, conversations, conversations, like coffee, we talk, everything, then I go, bye-bye. Then texting is just when you're keeping in touch. You're just keeping in touch. Hey, okay, how's it? Everything okay? Are you home? Not home? That's it. Just, just keeping in touch. Speak to God every day. Let's go over the four, quickly. Number one. Number one, seek him early in the morning. Number two, Set his purpose before you. Number three, sense his presence and prompting. Number four, speak to him throughout the day. Okay. Our dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for what you have taught us today. And Lord Jesus, I want, to, I want to thank you that there isn't a life in this room that you are not totally vested in. Nobody, in fact, has vested so much as you have. Everybody vests something or the other, invests something or the other, some portion of their life. You invested your whole life. You're the only one who gave me your whole life. Lord, how can I not trust you? Your goodness. Oh God, I want to be living in, that, in, that, in the strength of your goodness. I want, I want your favor to cover me. I want your favor to extend. As I walk, I want it to go ahead of me. If I bring people into my life, I want that favor to cover them as well. They should also be blessed because I am blessed. If you pour peace into my heart, my family should feel your peace. My loved ones, my colleagues, if they even interact with me and shake my hand on the street, I want them to know Jesus and his peace. I want them to know this guy has got something that I also want. Lord, I want to feel your presence. I want to feel when you, I want to be sure that it's you telling me to do something because I don't want to lose an opportunity. Because I know if you don't use me, you'll use somebody else. Because goodness flows through you. But I want you to flow through me. I want you to not let me just lose that opportunity. Oh God, use us. Use us. Fill this church with broken, hurting people who become healing ambassadors of peace. Healing ambassadors of peace. This is my prayer to you. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love of God the Father, fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Rest and abide with each and every one of us through this week and even forevermore.